This episode is brought to you by Daters Academy, the five-week online course with marriage-minded mentor Aliza Ben Shalom that will get you ready to find your soulmate. Get practical guidance on how to accurately express to others who you are and what you're looking for, a step-by-step process to reevaluating potential dates in your past, and a mindset shift that opens your eyes to your soulmate and more in Daters Academy. Claim your exclusive $50 discount to get the course for only $99 today at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash daters academy and enter the code JLP50 at checkout. Jewish Latin Princess episode 119, Ask Yael with special co-host Mara Strom. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at jewishlatinprincess.com, your host, Yael. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess, another episode of Ask Yael. Finally, this is Yael Trush, your host. Hello, ladies. I hope everybody had a fantastic Purim. By the time we air this, we will be done with all the festivities and hopefully hungover with joy. And um, hopefully at this point, we're all relaxed about this coronavirus craziness and everything else. Um, And we're, you know, only Simcha. Um, So also, I wanted to share with you guys that I hope you've been able to catch up with episode 118, which was a really nice episode. I heard feedback from many of you that you really enjoyed it. I'm not sure if you enjoyed my guest or me showing you how high strung I can get and how I fail miserably at all these masterminding challenges or both. Hopefully both. I I thought it was a great interview and I really appreciated um, my guest. Uh, So if you haven't checked that out, it's with Azriela Jankovic and it's episode 118. Um, And I've definitely been breathing, practicing my breathing, which has really helped me get back into the group and really um, think about all the things that I really should be doing. And one of them is, ladies, to get to know you a little bit better because I realize that this podcast is now over three years old, believe it or not. And now that everyone else has a podcast, I feel like the grandmother of Jewish podcasting. Um, and I've been, I'm excited that we've been going strong for so long and that this audience continues to grow. And so since I have many different plans and ideas for the show and beyond, I need to get to to know a little bit more about you get to know you so I have a number of sponsors also who approach me on a regular basis and I need to make sure that they align with who you are so what I'm asking you today is for all of you to do me a quick super quick favor and fill out a survey it literally takes 30 seconds we timed it yeah and so it's super easy and you can find the survey at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash survey easy to remember right just jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash survey and wait it gets better ladies in order to spruce this up a bit since we're in fact celebrating a birthday and since i do need a significant significant numbers in order to get accurate data i decided to throw in a little gift because why not so i'll be selecting 20 survey participants at random to win a 10 dollars gift card from Amazon, just 
an electronic gift card and you know anybody can use ten dollars why not so just for fun all you have to do is enter the survey at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash survey and believe me it's super short and to the point and you'll be helping me a ton so thank you in advance to all of you i'll close the survey hopefully in two to three weeks as soon as we have enough data points but of course the sooner the better so please please head over to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash survey and fill this out for me i'm really looking forward to getting to know you a little bit better so that's all for housekeeping and now we have a pretty hot episode of ask yael because it's actually all about money and when i say all about money they're not easy money questions like how much I should be saving for retirement or how much I should, you know, how I should tackle my credit card debt. Not that those are necessarily easy, but what I'm referring to is that these questions, they're so good. They're smart. It's like the stuff that makes us human, the emotional stuff that, I don't know, requires some thought and some empathy and a lot more, actually. So in order to tackle these questions that came in the mailbag, today I've brought another Jewish lady who is passionate passionate about money matters. My colleague and friend Mara Strom. Mara is not a newbie to this show. She was my guest back in episode 53, which seems like so long ago, which by the way, was a great episode. One of my favorites, actually. So if you haven't heard it, I really encourage you to go back and listen. And Mara is, of course, the creator of Kosher on a Budget and a definite pioneer in the Jewish bloggers world and in discussing money openly within the Jewish community, etc. So Mara, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me back on. This is amazing. I know we're gonna have a good time. You were here almost two years ago, April 2018. I actually looked it up. Can you believe? It? No way. Yes way. Yeah. How have That's you been? Crazy. What's new? What's what's happening in two years? I know you've done a lot. Oh my goodness. I, I really can't believe it's been two years. So when we when we talked, I guess as uh, some of your listeners not, might remember, I had recently moved to Israel and was sort of just getting settled in and figuring out how on earth I was gonna make all the budgeting processes that I had running like clockwork in America work for me in Israel. Mm -hmm. And I would say, you know, on a personal level, I've made a lot of progress in that regard. Although still, I'm, you know, really, there is a there is a learning curve to sort of having uh, income in two different countries and taxes in two different countries and budgets in two different countries. It's really been uh, eye opening for me and has uh, reminded me about the necessity of empathy for when I have clo- coaching clients come to me and say, you know, hey, we want some help working on our budget, that uh, this isn't easy. You know, it, 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 there is a learning curve to this and it takes a lot of practice. I figure if I struggled with it, probably a lot of people who make Aliyah struggle with it. And a lot of people even who are in America and who've never budgeted before are struggling with it. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that has been a, a good reminder for me. Um, in terms of the blog, you know, um, this is probably, you know, a lot of your listeners live in America and, and would never have to think about this, but um, Amazon recently started shipping to Israel for free, which has like created, you know, so much interest and demand in Amazon. And all of a sudden, all of these years of expertise that I have in finding deals in Amazon has become really relevant to uh, to my fellow, fellow OLED community. So that's been something I've really been working on. That's awesome. And another focus for me in 2020 is... Um, I've had on and off for a while this series that I call Your Money Monday, mm-hmm. and I've converted it to being on uh, on video. I do it on, on Instagram once a week. I, I'm God willing one day going to make this into a podcast. I keep uh, I keep thinking that you will be my inspiration, and I will figure out how to manage this uh, the learning curve of of how to actually do a podcast one of these days. Happy to help. Oh, I know you're such a genius. So. Um, so your money Monday is uh, is ten or twelve minutes where I talk frankly and honestly about the topic of money, 
anything and everything. I lay it all on the line. I don't have any secrets. I don't keep anything back. And my goal in doing this is because I really believe that so many of the issues that we have with money, and we're going to talk about this later today, come from the point of having shame and guilt around the topic of how we personally manage our money. And I figure if I can get out there and I can put it all out there and, and not be ashamed and not feel guilty, that hopefully I can make people feel that they're not alone. And that they can, once they realize they're not alone and they're not the only one going through this, will feel encouraged and empowered to to, to look at their finances from a new eye. I love it. Yeah. Let's let's do it together. What do I have to do to be with you on Money Mon- Monday? I think that's awesome. fantastic. Yes, yes. Great. Let's do one together let's on Instagram. That would be so great. Talk, let's normalize talking about money and exactly. making. You know what I mean, we're all, we're all gonna grow together. Amen. I I feel like as a community, we have so many strong suits. But when it comes to personal finance, I feel like one thing that we don't do well is we don't talk frankly about the topic enough. Mm -hmm. And therefore, there's so much mystery and mystification around the topic. And that really leads to those problems of shame and guilt. Yeah, yeah. Do you see ladies why I brought Mara on the show? This is is perfect for the questions that we have today. Oh, you're the best. Right? So Mara, we have a great question from Alex, um, which mm-hmm. I actually split in two. Um, okay. So I'm going to start off reading the first part of the question, and maybe I'll li- after we tackle that one, then you'll read the second part of her question. How does that sound? Okay. Sounds great. Okay. So Alex wrote in, and she says the following. She says, I'm struggling with the orthonomics, which I found a delightful word, <laughs> um, the orthonomics mm-hmm. aspect of how one should save for seminary, yeshiva, and weddings. Forget college. If we're preoccupied paying huge day school tuition bills, I seriously don't understand how all of a sudden people have all this money ready to go to make weddings. Aren't most of us just trying to get by? My husband is an internist. We don't do home renovations. We're paying full tuition and we don't have $30,000 set aside to make a wedding. My oldest is 16. My husband went to medical school five years into marriage. I guess I want to know how everyone does it. We will empty out our bank account to send our two oldest kids to Israel. And then what? People tell me people tell me people just take out loans to pay for weddings. And she says, frustrating because we live out of town, do not have an expensive house, and my husband earns a strong salary and works six days a week. So there's a second element to this question, but we're going to tackle that separately. Okay. Uh, So this is, I love this question, Mara, because it just feels so real, you know, like this is, Alex is just laying it as it is. I don't think her struggle is unique, right? Definitely not. Definitely not. I think everyone sort of struggles with this. And I think the the part of her question that I really keyed in on that sort of like highlighted in my brain as sort as soon as I read it was the part that she says, I guess I want to know how everyone does it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that's really the truth because I don't think everyone is doing it. Mm-hmm. But everyone's putting out there like they're doing it, which is making Alex and all the other Alexes out there feeling like they're the only one who can't figure it out. Right. And I know how that feels. And that is so important to me to just say, first and foremost, to Alex and anyone else who feels like her, you're not alone. You are not the only one struggling with this. Mm-hmm. And in fact, just because someone has a really nice Lexus in their driveway 
or goes to Israel for Pesach, maybe not this year because of coronavirus, but in general, goes to Israel for Pesach, doesn't mean that they have it all figured out. It doesn't even mean that they're paying cash for these things. Mm -hmm. In fact, I would venture to assume that they probably aren't. (laughs) There you go. Exactly. Exactly. And But it sounds like what Alex is saying is, I don't want to be one of those people who's putting everything on credit cards and taking out loans. I want to be paying cash for this. How do I make that piece of it work? Right. So I I also felt like Alex is coming from a very good place. And also just to give a little background to our listeners who may be not familiar with the culture, maybe in Orthodox, you know, circles, it's it's obvious that Alex is you know, part of an Orthodox community and the expenses that she discusses for those who don't know, like yeshiva, seminary, Jewish education, they're very, very high. Like it's not a joke. And also I clarified with Alex what she means by the term we live out of town, which is not not everybody knows what that means, but it is a common term, you know, for her or many others. And what it means is that she doesn't live in the tri-state area. So in New York, New Jersey, she lives like like me in another state with lower cost of living. And oftentimes that comes with less social pressures, which is a great thing, let me say. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So I, I feel like I want to start by telling Alex that she's doing great. Like there's something to be said for, you know, having made that choice to live outside New York and, you know, and and, and, and making a community in other parts of the country, which are more affordable and where you could still get a great Jewish education. Um, but to her, to her struggle, it seems like they're really doing everything right. Like they're putting Jewish education as a priority, even though that has meant sacrificing some of the material pleasures of life, which like you said before, you know, just because other people have them doesn't mean that they can actually, they're actually paying for them. They're, you know, mm-hmm. um, and they're, they seem like they really are not in this game of trying to keep up with the Goldsteins and they have their values and their goals very clear. You know, like she says, we worked, you know, it seems like she works to, they get work to give their kids a good family life and a solid Jewish education. And that does come with a price tag. But here's what I want to say to Alex, which I'm sure she knows because she's done so well, if she's already at this point in the game, I, I want to like address like how to how to get out of this point, you know, when she wrote, it seems like she hit one of those points of frustration. And I'm sure she doesn't have them all the time it's not a constant state but you know we have we all have triggers right and and I think one place to start is reminding Alex that she's doing amazing like she they've done great they've put their kids through a great education and they they seem to it I probably I have a feeling that their kids probably have a pretty good appreciation of the value of money and hard work and they seem to be not wanting to live with pretensions um unlike other people. Um, and I would start by saying to Alex, before we even tackle the practical aspects, is to focus on like this amazing blessing of this family that she's built, you know, and that she actually has the 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 wherewithal to say, one minute, just because other people are doing things a certain way, doesn't mean I have to do them like that and asking really, really good questions. Um, That's right. Right? I totally agree. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's really good. It seems like sort of the value system is in the right place and it's and it's set up in a way that will transmit to her family. And ultimately, I mean, this is what we want to do as parents, right? We want to clarify our values and then make sure that our children are, are raised in those values, in which those is so values. important. Right. So one thing that I also would say that I often talk about, Mara, and I don't know if you you practice this often or it's part of you know kind of the things that you also teach um, uh, some of your coaching clients but I think at least something that helps me aside from all the practical things is really working on my trust in Hashem my trust in God Um, because in the same way that God got 
Alex through this, you know, this far, he will get her through seminary and weddings. And so I think it's imperative for us to like work on a daily basis on this, just this idea of trusting Hashem. And so even if it's like learning something about trust, five, 10 minutes a day, um, you know, either with your husband or with a friend, you know, Alex, call me, we'll do it together over the phone 10 minutes a day. I find like for me, it's been so life changing. What about you, Mara? That's really very beautiful. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. It's not really something that I teach so much because I feel like people are sort of coming to me for their own hishtadlut, like their own, like, what's, what's my part in this? And then I'm like, okay, let's talk about what your part in this is. Um, but that's that's a really important reminder. Yeah. So let's get to the practical because definitely, like you said, she has, you know, there's things that she could be doing to help her, you know, aside from the faith element and the trust element. Um, do you want to start with that? I have my own idea. Yes, also. Sure. I mean, I guess just the way that I approach all of these things is that um, that I look at budgeting um, as not a, a, a mean piece of paper that's telling you what you have to do with your money, but rather an opportunity for you and your husband to really talk about and clarify what are your top priorities based on your values, and then how do we fit those into our budget and when you do that, that's a beautiful opportunity to figure out what are the things you want to be saying yes to. Mm -hmm. But conversely, and this is sort of the tough love piece of it that I feel duty bound to share, the converse of what is it are we going to say yes to is also what are some of the things that in order to say yes to those priorities, are we going to say no to? Right. And no sort of has a negative connotation. Um, but I actually think that no is a super powerful word because every time I'm saying no, I'm it's saying getting yes. me to the yes. Exactly. exactly. So and when that um, yes is really aligned with your values, then you know what you hit the gold spot. It like feels you're living so good. the life that you want to live. Not, that's right. You know, that's yeah. right. That's right. And and you know, I think that um pretty much everyone who's listening to this right now has finite income. Whether that means that you make $50,000 a year or $250,000 a year or $500,000, whatever the amount is, it ends at a certain point, right? You don't just keep earning more and more money every day. But do you know what is infinite? The things that we can want and need right? Those that's infinite, especially if you have children, my goodness, you know, have you ever gone to like target with a child? Their wants and needs are for sure infinite, which means that when you have those two things, you have finite income and infinite wants and needs every single day is an opportunity to clarify those priorities. So you can get to yes. And by saying no, right? I love that. those things happen. So in terms of how are we going to do all of these things? So part of it is like, okay, let's clarify what are our priorities? And what are we going to say no to so we can say yes to the other things? Maybe all of these things can happen. Maybe all of the school tuition can be paid and the seminary or yeshiva can be paid and, you know, the weddings and all the smachot can be paid. Maybe, or maybe it's a discussion about like, okay, how are we going to do this in a more creative way? Where are we going to be willing to say no? Where are we going to be willing to say yes, but not the way everyone else is doing it? Yeah. Um, and these aren't always easy conversations, but they're so, so important. And as you alluded to before, it's so empowering because then when you're writing the check or 
or, you know, making the credit card payment or whatever it is, you know that you're doing it from a place of like true clarity about this is really who I am and what I believe in. Right. And this was an intentional expense. This is exactly what we wanted to do. Yeah, I love right. I love where you're going with this because that's what that was the first thing that came to mind when I read this question in terms of the practical is, you know, don't assume that you, Alex, will be making a thirty thousand dollars wedding. Like or a hundred and thirty thousand dollar wedding like i think this is such a beautiful opportunity for her to now sit with her husband and eventually even her kids and start discussing and having these very hard conversations but so important conversations about their value system and what kind of simcha will they want to make when the time comes and they might even realize that even if they are able to save that money that they it doesn't feel right for them they might realize that They'd rather spend 15000 and maybe give the rest to the kids for something else. You know, there's just so much that comes out of these conversations. And I think this is a, a great opportunity to do it. I'll give you an example, Mara. And I think you had a similar experience. When my husband and I sat down, I think it was two years prior to my son's bar mitzvah, maybe two and a half years prior, um, and really laid out together, talking and on paper, how we wanted this bar mitzvah to look we realize that it's completely not the way other people do it. And we, we laid out what was in, what expenses were really important to us. They're, you know, what were our priorities? And then we found the price tag for that, you know, and then we worked that way and we were able to create such a, an experience that when we paid for it, there was no sense of guilt, no regret. It's like full on. It's exactly what was meaningful for our entire family. And it was, mm -hmm. I'm telling you, it was like such a financial win because we approached it from that sense. Like we didn't feel any pressure to do anything other than what we, you know, like what we wanted to do. I, I love that. And we had a similar experience also with both of my son's bar mitzvahs. Um, I will just add to anyone who's listening to this thinking, that's great, Yael and Mara, but I love in the five towns and that's not going to work for me you know so i will just add that i completely get that um that there is social pressure both um conscious and subconscious on us within a community the community is beautiful and amazing for so many things but it does sometimes create this pressure cooker for people who live inside of it so I know that sometimes I felt that pressure. For example, when I was planning my oldest son's bar mitzvah and we were living in Cleveland, I thought like we, I was really fixated on the kiddish because there's a certain standard that people make for the kiddish. Mm -hmm. And that standard was going to be six or $7,000. And I just couldn't, I, I kept saying, even if we have that money, do I want to spend six or $7,000 on 45 minutes of chalet eating yeah, for people who don't, you know, they're not really hungry. Like yeah. these are all people who are going to get to go home and, uh, and eat at home afterwards. Mm -hmm. You know, like I could be feeding hungry people for that kind of money mm -hmm. for a month. So exactly what you said in terms of the values, but, but, but I felt that pressure and I kept thinking to myself, gosh, if I'm quote unquote kosher on a budget, meaning if people already know that I'm, you know, talking about personal finance and trying to be careful with my money, like I already have that reputation. Mm -hmm. They probably don't expect that from me. And even still, I was having that kind of internal pressure. So I do want to validate anyone who's thinking, yeah, yeah, that sounds nice, but that's not going to work. Cause in my community, this is how we have to do mm -hmm. it. Um, I really get that. And I would just say that the sooner you can start to have that conversation, the more strength you will feel. That's what I was going to say. Inside of your decision, inside of your marriage with your, you know, with your husband or if you're a man talking with your wife, um, with your children, like the sooner this will become a right. family ethos that you can take on and really get inside. 
you know, if, if the wedding is in a month, it's a lot harder to say, oh, we're yeah. just going to buck convention. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. But so this is a com- this is a great opportunity for them to start talking about this and really come to this beautiful Simcha in a couple of years in a very intentional way. And um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. I also I, see, yeah, that's, that's a great point. I also wanted to say to Alex to, you know, another thing is we don't know about her side. We know that her husband is maxed out. He works very hard. It's, you know, it's all great. But, you know, perhaps Alex can get creative with her sources of income. You know, if they really need to bump up these savings because they see this big thing coming up, um, you know, can she freelance in some way if she already, if she's, a solopreneur already can she increase her pricing if she works full time can she oh we have a dog visiting us <laughs> i didn't Sorry. know i didn't know mara was a dog owner <laughs> Oh, yes. I never knew that about you. Um, My child is really a dog owner, and I am the enabler of that. Oh, okay. That's a separate podcast, people. (laughs) So I wanted to tell Alex that, you know, maybe she can renegotiate her salary or, you know, look for other opportunities. So there's always, you know, we're going to, we can talk about expenses, but there's always, it's always important to think about the income side. Um, And of course, then, you know, it's it's always worthwhile to revisit the expenses because I don't know about you, Mara, but I feel like I have to do an auditing every so often because, you know, like there's leaks, there's things that you yes. mindlessly start spending on. And then you, all of a sudden, if you don't check yourself, you realize one minute, we really shouldn't be spending on this. You know, I call that lifestyle creep. Oh, you don't really pay right. attention. It's five or ten dollars. It's ten or fifteen dollars. It's thirty dollars. It's a reoccurring charge. You oh, it's not that much. Ago, right? You needed it six yeah. months ago, but it's totally irrelevant yeah. now. Or yeah. you know, it's not so much. Maybe it's relevant, but it's not so much a priority. You realized, right? That's right. right. That's right. Right. That's right. 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 So I, I, you know, I think, I think, I think Alex is going to be great. <laughs> Honestly, I think she's going to be great. Are you ready to find your soulmate? Are you a doer who can work independently with the right practical guidance? Daters Academy might be for you. Get practical guidance on how to accurately express to others who you are and what you're looking for. A step-by-step process to reevaluating potential dates in your past and a mindset shift that opens your eyes to your soulmate and in fact, much more in Daters Academy by marriage-minded mentor Aliza Ben Shalom. Claim your exclusive $50 discount to get the course for only $99 today at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash daters academy and enter the code jlp50 at checkout another part to this question about Meister. Do you have it with you? Yeah, I see it right here. Okay, you want to add to uh, what she had to say about that? So sure. She said she just wanted to add a question about Meister that they give so much to others, but how do we save at the same time or else we're going to be asking from others for our own children's weddings, Hmm. which is obviously not the position she wants to be in. Right, right, right. So I wanted to say something. This is actually an issue or a topic, I should say, rather, that I'm really passionate about. Um, When Alex says... I want to clarify something. And I know that I feel like Alex already knows this, but she's feeling really pressured at the moment. And and that that is that the money that she's giving in MISER, and that by that I mean like 
tzedaka, it's not taking away from her savings. And I know this is hard to grasp for some people, and it's, but it's not taking away from your savings or your operating expenses, your living expenses. We have to have this idea very present, and perhaps that goes back to my initial point about trust in God, about bitachon. Um, but basically, that money was never ours, and that money comes from a different bank account, so to speak, for, for God. So, but that having said that, that is only if she's been giving Meister in the appropriate way. So what I would say to Alex is really practical is to make sure that she is actually accounting for the Meister properly because you're not supposed to, according to Jewish law, to be giving to the point that then you will be a burden to the community. So you're mm-hmm. supposed to be giving a minimum of 10% and up to 20% if you can, unless you have in tremendous abundance, then you could you know, give unlimited. So Alex probably falls in the 10, 10 to 20% camp. And the truth is most of us just fall in the 10% camp. And I would encourage Alex to really be methodical about accounting that 10% and giving it to the penny. Because very often, and I could say this from experience, when we don't do the accounting, we might actually be overgiving. That's and, right. Or we might be undergiving. And both situations are not ideal. Um, see, the idea is not to hold anything back because it was never ours. It was for us to give. But at the same time, we're not allowed to also overgive because we're not supposed to go in debt over this. Um, so I would encourage her to, you know, even if she has doubts, to ask her rab if she has one, how to go about giving MISER. I personally have a separate MISER account, which has been the biggest blessing to my family. And I'm super systematic in funding it and then, you know, cashing it out where it needs to go. Um, so I think, I think she, you know, just keeping a very exact accounting about this is going to be very, very helpful. And again, the idea is that that money is really, you're just a fiduciary agent for that money. You were the treasurer of that money. So, you know, it's entrusted to you to give. And from that, Hashem has promised us that, you know, when we do that properly and correctly, he's going to bless us with the rest of the money. So the 90% is already guaranteed to Alex. So I would suggest that she takes a look at how she's accounting for that. For that. What do you have to say? I totally agree. And the only thing I would add to that is more, less of a practical solution, which I think you're absolutely right about, and more of a possibly understanding where some of this might be coming from. I have worked before with couples who make what would be considered a good income. Um, They're still struggling with their finances. They still have lots of debt. Mm -hmm. Um, They're still spending beyond their means. But one of the areas that they struggle with is because they make what's considered a good income, they have sort of become known as people that the institutions in their community go to. Right. Right. So whether that's the school or the shul or the mikvah or whatever the the project is, that people know that they can go to these families, Mm -hmm. which is beautiful. But it also means that they feel, again, that social pressure that they can't say no. It's it's kind of the same thing as before. It is. It is. Exactly. But I think you're absolutely right that they have clarity about what it is that, you know, this is the amount that we have. And just like we're talking about budgeting and prioritizing the other 90%, you can also have that conversation in terms of your tzedakah money, yes. right? There's what, what's set aside 
you still get to decide how that gets allocated. I'm so um, glad you brought that point. Yes. So, you know, maybe for a while, instead of saying yes to everyone who asks, whether that's the person who comes to your front door or, you know, that happens a lot when we live in Israel, that people just come to the front door or whether it's, you know, the 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 call from the committee at the school or whatever it is, that, that the answer isn't, of course, and, and maybe that will be the answer. But the first answer is, okay, thanks. Let me write it down. And my husband and I are going to talk about it. Yeah. And then 100%. you sort of put it into the conversation where you're talking about everything else, which is like, let's talk about this, clarify our values and priorities and make sure that we're spending in line with those things. A hundred percent. I want to tell you something. I had to, first of all, this is, this is really such practical advice. And I, I love that. Like, yeah, great. Thank you very much. I will discuss it with my husband. And then you will discuss if that aligns with, you know, how you're going to allocate that 10% account, so to speak. I had a situation mm-hmm. where I, I now want now that we have such clarity on what, where really our priority and charity is you know, is I had an institution that came to us. um, And unfortunately, I was at that point already committed to something that really aligns with our values. And I had to tell them up front in a meeting, I am so sorry, but at the moment, I mean, it's a beautiful project, but it just really our priority is an X, Y, and C. Uh, in terms of charity. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we uh, we cannot help at the moment. You know, and those are tough no's, but again, they allow you to do the yes. And that's right. We say no to get to yes. Exactly. And, um, and and again, yeah, but but this can only happen if you really are are paying attention to that ten percent. Um, so another and having those clarifying conversations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I, I it seems to me that they're she, Alex and her husband are going to have a lot to talk about, and uh, and they're mm-hmm. really great because it seems like they really have their head on straight. So so Alex, good luck to you, and you know keep us posted. I think I think this is so great and so real, and I hope it was helpful. We also have a question from a gentleman, which was surprising to me. So we have uh, a gentleman named Marcos. And Marcos is sharing with us, Mara, that his problem is about money with his wife. She's, mm. He said that at the end of 2019, she had spent a lot. And now it seems like the beginning of 2020 came with a lot of spending. And that they've been trying to battle credit card debt for three years. And they haven't been able to make much headway. And they had made a uh, budget at the end of 2019 and she went over budget and they recently had a terrible fight because she spent another $400 on a credit card that she, you know, he doesn't, you know, she says it's for clothing for her work. And she, he said that other times the spending is on lunches with friends, supposedly for business reasons, he writes. In a nutshell, he says, for a long time in our home, we spend more than we make. When I tell her something, she says that she works very hard and that now the one who has to earn more is me, Marcos. So I'm very saddened by my wife's attitude, especially because she didn't used to be like that. And I don't know what to do. Another very real issue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. So what would you say to Marcos? Oh, my gosh, I hear so many things in this question. And first of all, what I want to say is Marcos, you're not alone. A lot of people struggle in their marriage with the issue of money. And sometimes it's just a technical issue. But most of the time, I find that money is actually like a surrogate for other issues that are going on. And they just get played out on the field of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that could be what's happening here. In other words, all these things that are making you feel that you're not connecting, that there's a lack of control, that you're afraid of being out of control. You know, 
it could be about money and it could be that money is just a mirror that's showing, you know, these kinds of other issues. So sometimes when couples come to me and they say, we want to work on our budget in the course of our like intake conversation, if you will, I, I realize that there are issues going on that I can help with in terms of budgeting. But as I always tell people, like I am not a family counselor. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a social worker. Like mm-hmm. I can understand and empathize, but sometime, and I can give you tips and tricks for improving your communication, but sometimes you also, and I don't know that this is the issue with Marcos and his wife, but I do want to sort of put out there that sometimes there are relational issues that, that can be strengthened. And when those issues can be strengthened, then it's much easier to tackle the money stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if those relational issues are sort of um, uh, problematic enough for one or both of you, then no matter what we might say about, you know, making a written budget and having a conversation and clarifying the yes so that, you know, clarifying the no so you can get to yes, it's like even having that conversation will almost seem impossible because it'll just be roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Having said that, <laughs> continue. Yeah. Well, having said that, I do want to say that I notice a couple things beyond that, just sort of like general um, di- disclaimer, if you will, um, which is something that really everybody has to know for themselves in terms of you know if we're fighting all the time about money, is it is it a fight about is it a fight about the fifty dollars or is it a fight about something else? Right. Um, but I do notice in this one thing, which is that there's a lot of um, stuff about what she's doing mm-hmm. and how he's feeling. And I would be willing to bet that if if we wrote to Marcos's wife and we and we said, hey, tell us what's going on in your family with money or your relationship with money, we'd get kind of the opposite, right? Right. right. Um, and what's really important, I think, always for couples to understand is that whoever makes the money, whoever earns that money, once it comes into the family, it is a shared responsibility for how it will get allocated. That's number one. And it sounds like maybe what's happening is that some of the targets, if you will, some of the budget numbers that are getting determined possibly by Marcos, that Marcos's wife isn't necessarily buying into those or owning those and doesn't feel therefore um, beholden to them or responsible to them. And so that's a source of frustration for Marcos, but it's probably also a source of frustration um, for his wife. Right. It it seems to me like she feels like he's controlling her when she's making money right so i i yes. see marcus and he feels that she's out of control right. when she's spending money which probably causes him to more activate that need to control things and it's just you know sort of a vicious cycle right right so like you said i feel like marcus's problem is very common the good news is that it is there is a solution and i think they are the perfect you know, I think everybody, every marriage is, but in this case, I think what they really need to start is with very regular money dates. And by that, I mean, Marcus approaching his wife and getting vulnerable and telling her, I really would love to sit and talk to you about how I'm pressured I'm feeling about this credit card debt that we've been trying to tackle over the last three years. And perhaps, with a lot of I statements. Right. A lot of Not I statements. statements. A Leave lot the of I blaming statements. out the door, you know, That's really, right. and really, it's just coming with a very honest approach. I'm not here to punish. I'm not here to blame, but I just want us to work together. And I want you to know how pressured I feel. And I bet you if he starts 
with that and she can start listening to him, they can start understanding each other. Because on the other side, it seems like she works very hard and she might need to feel so so autonomy over money, which is great. So it might mean that they need to talk about their system. Their system's not working. Perhaps they Mm -hmm. need to have, you know, a shared bank account, but also each an independent bank account. I mean, I actually have shared bank accounts, so I don't necessarily know, but I know that doesn't always work for people. Maybe she does need to keep some of her own independent money that she uses for work-related purposes. Or maybe she doesn't understand how much is the pressure of the credit card debt. And once she would see the numbers, then instead of buying, spending $400 in a suit or whatever work clothes she needs, she might have waited or she might have bought one piece of clothing and then waited two more months for that. You know what I mean? Like, I think they just need to get vulnerable and start talking it out. And and then they'll, they'll start understanding each other. I agree. And this dynamic is so uh, control around money. I mean, almost every relationship has a spender and a saver. Mm-hmm. Um, and people save for all sorts of reasons. Um, but one of them is because it makes them feel secure. Mm-hmm. And people spend for all sorts of reasons. But one of them is because it fills some sort of Boy. need as well. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, when those two things come together, when the spender is spending, it can actually make the saver feel less secure. One thing that I found when there's that dynamic that I often, and it's such an easy tip that I often advise to couples is that in your budget, planned into your budget, there needs to be, we call it blow money. You can call it whatever you want. So important. My husband has a certain amount of money and I have a certain amount of money and we've agreed to this as a couple. And I don't get to say a single word about how he spends his money. And likewise, he doesn't get to say a single word about how I spend my money. Right. This this is, you know, I don't have a separate bank account, but I do have the blow money every month that's completely mine. And as long as I'm sticking to that amount that we mutually agreed upon, that's the key here, mm-hmm. mutually agreed upon, then it's mine. Then it's mine. Perfect. And and it sounds like that autonomy would go a long way. The other thing that I would say in terms of the clothing budget is I don't know if it's that she's spending $400 that wasn't budgeted or he thinks she spent $400 that didn't need to be spent. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's two separate questions. In other words, if the clothing budget is $400 and she spent it on work suits and he thinks, well, that was frivolous because you didn't need that. Well, but it was budgeted for maybe yes or no, maybe no, but it was budgeted. Right. right. And so you just kind of have to hold your tongue at that point. Um, so, I mean, I think you're right. I think vulnerability is really important. A lot of I statements. It's so hard to only do I statements, but it's so, so important. So important. Um, and then really making sure that both people agree to the amounts in the budget. Mm-hmm. A budget is never, ever, ever going to work if one person comes to the other and says, this is our budget. This is what you can spend. Like we're adults. We don't want our husband or our wife giving us an allowance, right? No. We, we want to be partners in deciding, are these our values and priorities? Are these the things we're going to say yes to? Are these the things we're going to say no to? And then once both of you agree to that, then there's so much more shared ownership of how we go about achieving those goals. Yeah, I agree with you. And I would I would emphasize here that this is why I love the cons- the, the consistent money day, the regular money day, once, once a week, twice a month, once a month at the very least, where you actually meet and talk about these things. Because I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something else, and you probably see this all the time Mara the fact of the matter is even if they make a budget and they agree to certain things we are human and things happen and we might get off track and but the fact that we're meeting about this we can hold each other's 
each other accountable and we can cheer each other on like it you know like we're in it together so yes yes along that and yeah so i I think (laughs) think if he would add to the conversation that this is so important because he cares so much about the kids and her i'm assuming if there are kids in the picture right like the fact that the debt is weighing him down it's not because he's He's a control freak. It's a control freak. It's just because he wants to give her the best life possible. And he wants, you know, college education. And he wants a secure future. Whatever it might be. And then that speaks to women. That's a very powerful thing. You know, when when he's coming from that perspective, it's not about control. It's about the future that I want to build together for our family. That's right. That's right. I agree 100%. I was just going to add in terms of the, the, the meetings and how you said, you know, that way, if you know, because stuff happens, we do our best with our budgets, but stuff happens. One thing that I recommend to couples is I call it an emergency budget meeting, mm-hmm. right? What does that mean? Basically, what that means is let's say you've allocated $1,000 for food. And you know, you're tracking your expenses, and it's halfway through the month, and you see you've already spent $800. So, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to say, uh, we're probably going to go over in our food budget this month. That's okay. As you said, life does happen. But what that necessitates is a conversation about, okay, we got to fund this category in our budget with an extra $200 so that we have enough to get through the end of the month, right? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? That means that we, we have to say no to $200 worth of stuff that we had already said yes to earlier in the month. Right. And that is a group decision. That is a that is a couple decision, right. a family decision, right. right? That It can't just be that one person is like, I'm going to go over and groceries so you can't buy clothes this month, mm-hmm. right? That can't be how it works. Now, the decision could be, okay, we're going to we're gonna put off buying any new clothes this month so that we can bump up our spending in the grocery category. Exactly. That's fine, but it has to be a joint, again, a joint decision. Yeah. 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 I love it. I think, I think, I think in conclusion, it's all about communication and getting together regularly. By the way, if if Marcos or anybody listening, um, once I have a really good money date guide that I put together for you guys, I told you this before, you can find it at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash money date. And it walks you through a lot of these hard conversations. I think it walks you through seven dates, um, very thoroughly. And that should really gear you up for an entire year um, of having these regular conversations and helping you. Um, and I love this idea of the emergency budget meeting because yeah, you know, we that that's what the money date is for. Okay, so something's up. Let's let's tackle it. How are we gonna, you know, how that's are we right. gonna deal with it? Yeah, together. Together, exactly. Together. That's the key point. Well, Mara, these are right, these were amazingly powerful questions. Definitely. And really got it um, sort of the external and internal pressure issue, which I see so many people dealing with and the relationship issues that come around money, which I see so many people dealing with. I think that if it was just a matter of making a budget and sticking to it, it wouldn't be so hard, but it's all this other stuff. Of course. Usually emotional. It's, yeah. It's never about the numbers. Our history. That's right. It's, it's never all just about the numbers. <laughs> never, never. Cause numbers are neutral. How, you know, they're, they're tackleable. Anybody can handle that. Exactly. Exactly. Well, this has been great. Mara, thank you so much for joining me. We got to do this more often. This is really thank awesome. Thank you. And let's remind everybody where they can find you. Okay. Awesome. So you can find me at kosherandabudget.com. I'm on Instagram. My handle is kosher on a budget on Facebook. I am kosher on a budget. Pretty much any social media platform you want to go to. I am kosher on a budget. Amazing. Amazing. Well, it's, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. I so appreciate your work. And Thanks, I look You're awesome. to keep doing all these things and let's get, let's do a money. What was it? Money Monday. I love it. You're a money Monday. Yep. There you go. <laughs> all right. Thanks everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Alex for your question. And thanks to Marcus and uh, keep me posted. I hope this was helpful. And thanks to Mara 
and a lot of atzlacha in Israel. And hopefully I'll be there soon to visit you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on today. Thanks again to Mara Strom for stopping by from Kosher on a Budget and of course to Alex and Marcos for the questions. If you want to ask a question for one of these Ask Yael episodes, you know where to find me. You can DM me on Instagram at Jewish Latin Princess or you can send me an email um, Yael at JewishLatinPrincess.com and please remember if you when you get 30, 30 seconds, I promise you that's all it takes. Go to JewishLatinPrincess.com forward slash survey and answer the survey. I'm really looking forward to all the responses and that'll help me have a great planning for the year. And I can't wait to announce all the winners of the uh, little gift cards I have for you. So JewishLatinPrincess.com forward slash survey. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes leave a rating, and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit JewishLatinPrincess.com.